You trash the city. Oh, you trash the people. Hey, how much more stick do you got? Because the low-hanging fruit is running dry, partner. No. Everything about you screams cheap. The cheap suits, the cheap shoes, the cheap heat. Oh, my God. But the fact remains is that I've been here busting my ass. You want to talk about responsibility? Let's talk about the fact that you avoid responsibility. You avoid any type of pressure. Because, hey, everybody hates Max, so he has nothing to lose, right? Yeah, guess what, buddy? There comes a lot of responsibility when it comes to people actually liking you. Welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. The Sports Car Nobody, and this is another episode of the Sports Car Nobody podcast. Kind of a big show lined up tonight as I am recording on Monday evening. Hopefully getting this out Monday night or Tuesday morning. But yeah, off the top there, you heard my guy, the absolute Ricky Starks, just going off, laying in to MJF on AEW Dynamite two weeks ago. And it inspired me. That insane promo inspired me. Got me fired up about some things going on in the hobby that I don't like. And I want to take a chance to address here in my main topic, which I am dubbing cheap heat. I'm sick of the cheap heat in the hobby. And I'm sick of the cheap heat in life in general. And Ricky Starks, man, he knows what I'm talking about. I'll get to that, though. First, I want to talk about some things going on in my world, in the nobody world. Some big things, in fact. Um... If you are following me on Instagram, Twitter, any of my socials, if you're not, you should, at SportsCardNobody on Instagram, at SportsCardNobody on Twitter. Yeah, I had some big news. I did a uh, a live mail day the other night, 8 p.m. I think I was able to go live and, and open up the biggest card I have added to my personal collection. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe I own this card. But I was able to acquire a 2022 Prism Bret Hart Gold PSA 10. The crown jewel of my collection at this point. I can't believe I own it, sincerely. Uh, when this card popped, for real, I looked at this card and I said to myself, that is not possible. You heard my episode last week. If you haven't, go back and do it. I talked to Brett McGrath, uh, Stacking Slabs podcast the host of that dropping awesome perspective on the hobby one of the things he talked about is how he is never intimidated by a card i cannot relate i said it to him and it was true with this card i saw this card and it felt impossible for me to acquire so i saw this thing come up on ebay and i said well i that you know i can't afford that <laughs> let's keep moving mr nobody you're trying to save up for another absolute monster card that is so far out of your realm that it would take those funds to even begin to try to get this card. So I let it sit and it sat and it sat and it sat. And finally, one day I said, the hell with it. I, I sent an offer much closer to what I could afford. I got a counter offer, surprisingly, at a price that was still out of my price range. So I reached out and I said, hey, I'm interested. I can't afford that. Do you think we can work something out? And we started to have real negotiations. It turned into a, a trade cash offer. And before I knew it, 
I'm sitting here in my office staring at five different monster cards that I was going to give up on top of the cash, and I did not even hesitate. It was a no-brainer because I have now added the best piece in my collection. I gave up some good stuff. I gave up some absolutely incredible pieces. My my Becky Lynch uh, was 2020 Chrome, maybe it is. Uh, 2021 Chrome is what it was. Gold, PSA 10. I gave up my... <clears throat> Hulk Hogan Atomic Refractor PSA 10. I gave up uh, Roman Reigns 2020 Finest Autograph Raw. I gave up my Rock 2020 Finest um, SGC 9. I gave up my 2020 Chrome Number to 50 Rock that has a, a dent in the corner on the top, which I was very clear about. You know, I, you know, you guys all know my story about my grading dilemma with that card. But man, some monster cards I gave up on top of the cash but when it was all said and done i was able to get my hands on one of the most prized bret hart cards in existence in my opinion it's a top five card there are some cards that are above it including some that i am hopefully going to one day be able to chase after but as of now this is the number one bret hart card in my collection Uh, excuse me i'm gonna take a a drink of water there getting fired up losing my voice already and i got a lot more things to get fired up later so excuse me while i get through this um man pretty proud of my bret hart collection making a lot of moves i've got um an expansion on my bret hart goals on an episode coming out this week the faction episode three you guys should absolutely listen to that show i'm with the cousins collectibles i'm with oz i'm with tony and we are Man, we are firing on all cylinders on that show, and I talk a little bit more about my Bret Hart stuff on that show, so please listen to that when it drops later this week. <clears throat> but for now, I'm going to move on. Um, man, I'm looking at it right now. The card is on my desk, and it is just so glorious. Oh, the glory. Anyway, all right. <clears throat> One other big, um, I don't know, bit of news about the sports card nobody stuff that I do. I have an idea, or I had an idea. That came to uh, fruition with my buddies Justin and Tim Dave. Suplexes and slap shots is where you can find Justin on Instagram. Tim Dave has somewhat quit the hobby, so whatever. The hell with him. Um, no, uh, a couple years back we had an idea. We weren't able to do it, and now um, now that I've got this podcast, I thought I would try to do something fun, and it is wrestling-related, but it is going to be card-related. So... Yeah, if you're not a big wrestling fan, this might not apply to you. You might not be able to find the enjoyment that others will. But nonetheless, I know I have a lot of wrestling fans that do listen. So please pay attention to some things I will be dropping on social media because I am planning to do a Twitter, I guess, virtual social media battle royal to determine the greatest wrestler of all time. I've done... A lot of conversations about my Mount Rushmore of wrestling. I've had folks on here talking about the top five that they have in their, um, you know, in their list. You know what? Why don't we have some fun with it? <clears throat> Starting in January, January second is when I'm hoping to launch this. All th- and I'm going to do this all throughout the month leading up to the actual WWE Royal Rumble. I worked with a lot of different people on Twitter, on Reddit, on Instagram, got a lot of different opinions to rank the top 30 wrestlers of all time, tried to be as unbiased as possible, tried to cover all different eras and regions. I think we've got a really wonderful 30-man roster. This is actually going to be the greatest 
male wrestler, singles wrestler of all time. And I'm going to do it through voting on Twitter. On January 2nd, the first two wrestlers are going to be revealed. You guys are going to be able to vote for the person that's going to get knocked over the ropes and land on the apron and will be eliminated. And throughout the month, I'll keep adding wrestlers and eliminating wrestlers until we get down to the final winner, the greatest wrestler of all time, Royal Rumble style on Twitter. And if you are willing and able to participate, I've got some prizes for you. I went out and acquired three WWE Panini Revolution Hobby Boxes. Everybody who votes and retweets and shares this fun little silly thing I want to do, you are going to be entered for a chance to win one of these boxes. All three will be going out when it's all said and done. What a cool thing to take for simply casting some votes for a couple of weeks here on Twitter. That should be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see the debates. I'll do a whole episode talking about it. Um, It's going to be exciting. Really, really exciting. So yeah, I hope you have fun with it. I hope you participate and I hope you win a box of WWE Revolution Hobby Box Debut Edition, baby. Let's go. All right. That was uh, eight minutes of intro there, plus everything on the top. Getting into this show, <clears throat> I want to get into the main topic. I will do my top five this week, but it won't be a kickoff because I want to I want to actually vent and rant a little bit about what I'm fired up about. <clears throat> excuse me as I... I don't know. A lot of sickness going through the house. I'm clearing my throat a little bit. So excuse me while I drink the water and do that. Uh, Anyway, this show is brought to you by High Quality H2O. Thank you, the water boy. Okay. Off the top of the show, you heard Ricky Starks just going off on MJF. That was a promo, a possible career-defining promo for Ricky Starks. Now, what Ricky Starks was going off on is is a uh, a really good tangent on how MJF uses cheap heat to get himself over as a heel. It's lazy, right? It's low hanging fruit, Patna. It's the cheapest of heat that you can garner. Now, in the wrestling world, I love it. I love cheap heat. I love MJF is amazing. What he does is art and it's masterful and he is committed both in the ring outside of the ring one of the few guys who maintains kayfabe in this you know social media world where everyone knows what's going on behind the scenes mjf is the guy that is going to flip your kid off to continue the character work whether that's good or bad i'll let other people decide i love it though So in the world of professional wrestling, in the fantasy world that I get to dive into every week, Wednesdays especially, I'm a big AEW guy, but I love the WWE as well. I typically record this while Raw is going on, so I miss it. But nonetheless, man, I just love professional wrestling. It's ridiculous. It's fun. It's dramatic. It's hilarious. It's athletic. It's art. It's bloody. It's brutal. It's physical. Man. It is a type of entertainment that can only exist in one form, and that is professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whichever one you want to call it. I eat it up. I hook it to my veins. I collect so feverishly uh, around it. My cards are telling my story of passion about it. 
But Ricky Starks, the character that is Ricky Starks, had enough of the cheap heat, he had enough of the laziness, and he had enough of the lack of responsibility that MJF exhibits. And it is that fire, that passion that inspired me as I'm traversing this hobby that we're in. Because you know what? I'm sick of the goddamn cheap heat myself. The negativity, the drama, the high school BS that permeates this hobby is so frustrating. I don't often get in these rants, although if you catch me on the faction, I, I tend to get a little bit more loose with uh, with my guys, the cousins over there. But on this show, I, I'm usually chill. I'm usually talking about passion. I'm usually preaching as much positivity and realness as I can. But these last couple months, for whatever reason, I have been seeing an endless stream of just the most childish, immature, back-and-forth conversations between so many people in this hobby. In the wrestling world community, in the sports community. I mean, we had some CEOs of some major uh, hobby companies slinging mud at each other back-and-forth on Twitter. What kind of a look is that? If you're a CEO of one of the most powerful companies in the hobby and somebody hops on Twitter and sees that, what kind of a message are you sending off? What are you telling people this hobby is? Is this a hobby for kids? I don't know. I don't want to teach my kids to hop on Twitter and sling mud, get down in the, in the trenches and go after that cheap heat. It's a strange path to take when you are in that powerful of a position. But beyond the CEOs, we have the actual collectors. And the amount of times I see collectors just digging their fangs into other collectors for the because they don't like their takes on something. There's been a lot of targets lately, and I'm going to name some of those targets and I'm not necessarily defending because the point is not necessarily that they need defense. They don't need somebody to come in their corner. What I'm more concerned with is the cheap heat that is being thrown their way. I'm concerned with the laziness. I'm concerned with the high school drama. Adam Gelman's a big one. Adam Gelman has firmly, firmly cemented his place as a legitimate wrestling collector who does his homework and does his best to share his knowledge with everybody else. I don't agree with all of his takes. I don't agree with everything that he says. That's all right. It is absolutely fine to disagree. What's not okay is to then attack another human being because it feels safe to do so on Twitter it's lazy, it's cheap, goddamn heat. I'm going to keep pushing that phrase because that is what is absolutely infuriating me. (sighs) Listen, Gelman is a collector. It's real. His passion is real. The dude goes after it. If you disagree with him, again, fine. But are we really going to take pop shots at him when the guy is talking about how he took a fall on ice? That's what we want to do in this hobby that's the people we want to be now there's other collectors who go after each other a lot too and and i'm going to keep this one i don't need to name names on this one because i'm not necessarily 
it, it doesn't matter. This is so common. But how often their folks are just going after each other because they're upset with how someone collects and their collection is better than their collection. So they're going to use, you know, feminine, effeminate uh, insults as if that's something that matters in 2022. You know, I don't know. And we still out here calling each other queens like that means something and, and not being, I don't know, embarrassed that that's the, the way you want to conduct yourself on a public forum. It's just so disappointing and so frustrating. And there's a lot of these 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 folks that I, I, I love seeing their collections. I love seeing their takes. I love, you know, I, I want to know what they want to talk about in this hobby. But then I see all of this mudslinging and I just want to mute everybody and it, it makes me want to get off of Twitter and it just me ah oh, it's so frustrating and then <clears throat> to go a step further you know you, you've got the CEOs slinging mud at each other you've got collectors who can't stop I don't know finding other reasons to talk about why other collectors suck I, I guess um, you know I, I'm in this now as a content creator I've been doing this for over a year it's not a very long time at all I'm probably not even very good at it there's a lot of people that have been doing this though a lot of people have been doing this longer than me and I now we have content creators just attacking other content creators seemingly endlessly. Again, I'm going to name some more names here and not because I'm necessarily defending them. The first one up, though, I want to talk about is the great curator Dan Wynn, who is by far one of the nerdiest collectors out there with no shame whatsoever. The great curator is, is running around with his lightsabers. He's sharing his Pixar hobby boxes. He's, you know, doing all types of things with comic books and, I mean, hilarious reels or obnoxious reels for some, whatever the case might be. And yet he has suddenly become the sort of poster child of a supposed pumper for Marvel cards because Marvel took off to the roof, went through the roof like everything did. And I guess for some reason, this is the only one that that's not allowed to happen is the pop culture stuff, right? It's okay that um, that the actual sports card world went through the roof. Everybody loved that. It seemed like there were very few actual complaints about that. But if it's a niche thing and somebody's excited about it, it seems to garner a little more eyeballs for whatever reason. And so Dan has been attacked. And Dan actually posted something uh, maybe a week or so ago. That really resonated with me and I thought really fit this. I'm going to paraphrase. I don't have it right in front of me. But he posted on Instagram uh, something along the lines of, when things become bullying, maybe you should go figure out your own life. And that's what's happening. That's So we have these content creators. I mean, one of the biggest ones out there. Again, I, I'll name names. I don't really care. Sports Card Radio seems to be on a mission to take people down to attack to throw out whatever accusations they can to I don't want to say that they're just doing it for the clicks I'd like to believe that this individual is after some sort of actual justice I don't know I, I don't know the, the person who runs sports card radio so I have no idea I don't know what the actual intentions in this person's brain are and I don't want to assume but when I watch that content <clears throat> 
when I see the things that he is accusing and then I see the comments that he is inspiring, it is hard to it is hard to not start to really question what is actually going on there and the whys. Maybe it is for clicks. You know, you say something negative, you realize that car crash gets a lot of heads to turn. And uh, I don't know, that could be one hell of a drug. It's not something I intend to ever go after is the clicks. I am trying to build an audience. I don't know if I'm ever going to build an audience bigger than I am right now. And I would be damn fine with that. I prefer that my audience is people that reach out with real stories of kindness, of sincerity, and can resonate with the things that I'm trying to do, the storytelling, the passion, the expression of oneself. That's the stuff that I care about. I don't I don't give a shit about clicks because I'm slinging mud. And maybe that's what I'm doing here right now a little bit. But like I said, absolute rookie Starks got me fired up and I felt like uh, I felt like finally addressing this. So the great curator has been dealing with this for, I don't know, a couple months now, whatever it might be. But he's not the only target. And this next one is really is really tough because again, I, I'm I, I'm not defending the great curator. If you don't like the great curator, fine. Real easy not to watch his Instagram stuff. Real easy not to follow him on Twitter or is he even on Twitter? I'm sure he is. Whatever. It's real easy not to watch his YouTube stuff. You can move on with your life and collect the way you want to collect and find content you want to take in. Uh, but one of the other major targets is someone that has a lot of people questioning, and that is Jeff Wilson with sports card investor. Now I have actually invited Jeff Wilson onto the show. I doubt he ever even saw the Instagram message. I don't blame him. You know, I, my now 800 followers is probably nothing compared to what he's used to. It is what it is. I've talked many times about how his show is actually what helped inspire me make this show in the fact that I looked at his stuff and realized I can't relate to that. Why don't I make something I can relate to? And here I am. But nonetheless, I, you know, I don't really follow the sports card investor content as much anymore. It's not the type of content I, I care about as much as cousin Tony, the architect talks about its value based content. And I care more about passion based and storytelling based content. <clears throat> so I don't watch a ton of his stuff anymore. Like a lot of people I did for a long time and I faded, I, I would argue I evolved from it, but that's just because the way I evolved myself in this hobby. But nonetheless, I look at what Jeff Wilson does, and it is impossible, impossible to not give him credit for making major waves in a positive way. He's doing massive giveaways. He's doing things for kids. He is bringing eyeballs to this hobby, and he does it with optimism. He does it with what I perceive to be a sincerity. And he does it with a lot of knowledge and research. I, you know, you can sometimes argue the research is wrong. Fine. I don't, it, whatever. Research is wrong a lot. If you go back and listen to a lot of my episodes, I mean, I misspeak and say things that are incorrect all the time. It is what it is. I'm not ever pretending that I'm anything more than a collector who just wants to talk. Now, Jeff, of course, does. He, he definitely is um, espousing an investor mentality. A lot of people are in this hobby to invest, though. He has a massive audience for a reason. 
And he's talked about how he doesn't like to get negative because he, he understands that a lot of people, when they Google sports cards and they're looking for sports card content, his show is one of the first shows that is going to pop up. And he claims, and I believe him, he claims that he doesn't want to get negative because he doesn't want people's first introduction to this hobby to be that negativity. That speaks way back to when I was talking about the CEO slinging money at each other. Is that the uh, vibe we want to give off? But with all that said, you know, there are some genuine questions you can ask about Jeff Wilson and the things that he does and the money that he's making in this hobby. What did happen with those PPP loans? I don't know. $2 million in loans. You can go look up the details on this elsewhere. I don't have the details and I'm never going to have those details. And that's the key. Sports Card Radio took that story and, and many other little different stories about Jeff Wilson and just ran with it. And that's again where we get to the cheap heat. That's again where we get to the low-hanging fruit and we get to the laziness, the laziness. True journalists go out and take their time. They vet sources. They speak to multiple sources. They dive deep into records, uh, you know, whatever paper trails they can track down. Legitimate journalists do a lot of work. And they do that work before they release their stories. We don't live in that world. We live in the world where it's a lot easier to just be first because that's what gets the eyeballs. And it's not only... Uh, ideal to be first, but it is ideal to be first and negative. If you can throw out accusations without doing the real homework, without actually understanding what happened, nobody cares. And of course, you run into the situation where, uh, you know, Ricky Starks was saying, MJF, man, you don't have or you don't take the responsibility. And that's what's happening here, too, because when you go, if you want to, if you want to go look at Sports Card Radio's comment section, there's some stuff in there that is pretty disappointing, pretty disgusting. I mean, people talking about Jeff Wilson's wife. I mean, what are we doing? As the person who's running Sports Card Radio, you have to take some responsibility for that. You absolutely have to take some responsibility for what you are inspiring from your audience. And when you're not doing the homework, when you're not actually breaking real information you're just connecting dots making wild speculation jumping to conclusions all of that takes on a life of its own and it starts to rally people behind you and it is entirely possible what they are rallying behind is not accurate and again i don't know if it's accurate I don't have the information. I'm not defending Jeff Wilson. I am not defending Sports Card Investor. That entire operation is way bigger than I am, and they do not need a sports card, nobody coming to their defense. What I am defending is my goddamn eyeballs on Twitter. My eyeballs in this hobby where I just am being inundated with this stuff every single day. All this childish negativity. I've always felt like as a people, we hit high school and we just stopped maturing. And the amount of times that that thought has been reinforced. Listen, I'm a long way from high school. <laughs> it's a little disturbing how often I come back to that thought and go, man, that's pretty, pretty true. 
And this hobby really seems to have a problem with it. Every single aspect of our world probably does, but this is the one that I care about. And so what the hell is my point, right? Ricky Starks did lose that match against MJF. You know, that promo came out two weeks ago. Last week, he he squared off for the title and he lost. Got kicked in the nuts and lost. You know, but what he was trying to do was take the stance of ripping that responsibility off of MJF's waist and running with it himself. In some small way, that's what I'm hoping to do here too. And I know I'm just going to get kicked in the nuts and this isn't going to really have any big effect. But I'm hoping that the people that listen to this can understand we don't need this back and forth. We don't need the mudslinging. We don't need to get down and dirty and and be bullies and harass. And We're collecting cardboard, ladies and gentlemen. In my case, I'm collecting cardboard with men and women in their tights. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Can we not get behind that and just have fun with it? Can we... Stop telling each other who's right and who's wrong and why someone sucks and I don't, but you are the worst. What the hell are we doing? I don't know if this is going to have an impact on anybody. But my mission is to continue to be the person that I have been exhibiting on this show for over a year now. I care about why we collect. I care about people that collect with the same passion. I care about people that want to tell the same stories. So let's keep doing that. Let's be better. Can we? I think we can. I know that I am surrounded by a fantastic community of people that, you know, I'm not trying to live in an echo chamber, but that share those principles. And I guess if I'm going to live in an echo chamber, I would like it to be about kindness and frickin' cardboard. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Sometimes my rants go off the rails. That one may have, but, you know, hats off to absolute Ricky Starks. It wasn't his time to win the title, though. I'm actually glad MJF retained. Because in the fantasy world of wrestling, that stuff flies for me. <laughs> All right. That's the end of my cheap heat rant. That's the end of the, uh, the main topic. But uh, inspired by that, like I said, I still have my top five. And it's a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe it's a fun one, maybe it's not. I'm going to do my cheap heat version of my top five. That's going to be my top five sports villains of all time. Listen, this list can be really, really long. I cut it down to five people that I actually want to talk about. There's some real villains out there that, um, no thank you, I'd rather not waste my time and breath on. Instead, I'm talking about five people that... uh you know, I think a lot of these folks have their fans, they have their not fans, and whatever. These are my top five sports villains of all time. Let's just kick it off. Number five, Barry Bonds. Dude smacked 762 home runs, which is most of all time. He walked 2,558 times, including 688 times intentionally. Both of those are most all time. He's a seven-time MVP. Most all time. A little bit of a trend here, right? But Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is likely to never be in the Hall of Fame now. And that's because Barry Bonds allegedly 
used steroids. Barry Bonds became the face of the steroid era when he broke Mark McGuire's record, which broke Roger Maris's record. Uh, Barry Bonds, you know, hit the the most home runs in a single season at 73, surpassing the 70 that Mark McGuire had done. It was the talk of the town. But that entire era of baseball has been sullied by the steroids that were rampant in the sport. And Barry Bonds became the face of that on the offensive side, Roger Clemens on the pitching side. Um, And Barry Bonds didn't do himself a lot of favors with his attitude towards reporters, his attitude towards everyone around him. He didn't really seem to handle everything with grace, I guess is a good way to put it, and firmly cemented himself as one of the number one villains in baseball history. I'm a Dodgers fan. The hell with Barry Bonds. Put that dude in the Hall of Fame. Number four. Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong won the Tour de France seven times consecutively after being diagnosed with cancer like everywhere. In doing all this, he he founded the Lance Armstrong Foundation, which um, became the Livestrong Foundation, which raised money for cancer survivors. An absolute legend in sports. But like Barry Bonds, the doping allegations that were constantly uh, hanging around his entire accomplishments were deemed true by himself. He came out and admitted it finally, but did himself no favors by attacking people's careers for even having the audacity to accuse him of anything. He was bullying. He was really putting people on the chopping block who had the guts to come out and tell the truth. And when he finally came out and admitted it, he surely became one of the top five sports villains of all time for being looked at and revered so highly and then just fell off that cliff. Number four, Lance Armstrong. And that brings me to number three, Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding was the first American woman and the second woman ever to land the triple axel she was a two-time olympian but as things went a little more south for her career and she became rivals with one nancy kerrigan that fateful day in 1994 when nancy kerrigan's knee got blasted by a lead pipe and then upon the investigation turns out that tanya harding's ex-husband had hired the guy to do it A lot of questions about how involved Tanya Harding was. She also had a lot of other controversial run-ins, but, you know, taking a pipe to your opponent's knee in real life, not wrestling life, puts you as a pretty big sports villain. And she lands here at number three, and that takes me to number two. Maybe one of the greatest boxers ever. You know what? Maybe stupid. Without question, one of the greatest boxers ever. Maybe the greatest ever. Floyd Mayweather won 12 world titles. He finished with a career record of 50-0, and zero, although a couple of those last fights are a little, a lot of exhibition things, whatever. He was a fighter of the decade for the 2010s. He's considered the best defensive boxer ever. But of course, unfortunately... Multiple accounts of beating women, including a three-month sentence in jail for battery against the mother of his three children. He was charged with punching and harassing her. He had many run-ins of this kind. And he didn't help himself with the way that he would 
interact with other people, a lot of homophobic language centered at people that he didn't get along with, a bit of a bully. A lot of these folks on this list have that bully mentality that really probably pushes them to the greatness that they achieved, but also pushes them to number two on the top five sports villains of all time. And that takes me to number one, Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb had a career war of 151.6. 366 career batting average, which is the greatest batting average for a career of all time. His career OPS plus was 168. Regularly considered the greatest player of the dead ball era. Regularly considered one of the greatest players of all time. But boy, is there a lot of noise around Ty Cobb. Did he file his spikes down so that he would uh, he would spike folks when he was sliding in the bases? Was he a rampant racist? Did he kill people? I think rumored kill count of around three there were stories about him attacking a an elevator um what are they bellhops what are they called elevator uh attendants and then stabbing a guy who came to that person's aid these stories about Cobb are pretty wild it is important to note that a lot of these stories have been debunked in various ways a lot of these have been called into question Ty Cobb may not have been the racist he's been painted out to be. There's been a lot of quotes that have been uh, uncovered, really indicating some different mentalities than we've been led to believe. But nonetheless, it is pretty pretty still common that even players on his team did not like playing with Ty Cobb. He was pretty loathed and apparently was a player that the fans loved to hate. So Ty Cobb's history is a little murky. But nonetheless, his legendary career mixed with the legendary myths that permeate around him have landed him as the number one sports villain of all time to this sports card. Nobody, but this is a card show, right? Talked about some Bret Hart Prism Gold. Why don't we talk about some Ty Cobb stuff? If you want to get a Ty Cobb, you know, vintage card, it's tough. At my level, I'm probably never going to own one of these. But one of the most sought-after ones you can get, the T206 Portraits. You can find them in red and green. The green, I think, is a little bit harder to find. And most recent sales on the reds, a PSA 2 sold in December for $4,500. Another red, PSA 5, sold in December for 10000 on the green side, there was a PSA 1 in December 6th that sold with the best offer of 5900 and another PSA 1 in November that sold for 4700 That stuff is a little expensive on the higher end, but if you want a genuine vintage Ty Cobb card because you either love or hate or maybe you love to hate this guy or maybe you're just a vintage card collector and you're separating the art from the artist, those are the ones to get. Now, I always like to talk about some modern stuff, though. And there are some really cool Ty Cobb things you can own if you don't want to spend ten grand on a PSA 5 Red. You can get a 2020 National Treasures Game Gear number to 10 Bat Relic, which is on eBay right now with a $200 asking price. There's another 2020 National Treasures Game Used Bat Relic Booklet number to 25 and that has a $375 asking price. You do some negotiations, you can get those down, and you can get yourself an actual game-used bat relic 
something that Ty Cobb apparently used to maybe attack some of his friends and family with. I don't know. Crazy Ty Cobb stories out there. But there you go. Top five sports villains of all time. Number five, Barry Bonds. Number four, Lance Armstrong. Number three, Tanya Harding. Number two, Floyd Mayweather. And number one, Ty Cobb. What do you think of that list? It's a tough one. There's a lot of villains out there. I'm not even going to say some of their names, but I'm curious if you have any villains that you think I should have added to this list. Let me know. You can find me at Sports Card Nobody on Instagram, at Sports Card Nobody on Twitter. And you can let me know in reviews too. Shout me a holler. Leave me a, re- a review at your podcast hub of choice. Five stars would be amazing. If you think I deserve it, please send them my way. Uh, but more than anything, if you can, if you are willing, if you're enjoying this, share this. Share this with friends. Share this with family. Share this with anybody you think might care about anything I have to say here. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. That's the show. I got a freaking... Bret Hart Gold Prison. Are you kidding me? And upcoming Twitter Battle Royale, Battle Royal. Don't forget, I'm calling it the Battle Royal. Upcoming Twitter Royal Rumble. That's what it is. Upcoming Twitter Royal Rumble. Uh, I'm going to be giving away some hobby boxes. Stay tuned for that. I'll keep talking about it on the show. Uh, I want to see some people win some things. But that's all I got. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good night.